This episode is brought to you by The Wellness Company and more specifically, their Spike Support Formula. This product is a revolutionary, you guys. I was introduced to The Wellness Company Spike Support from my friend Kid Carson and was immediately interested as I myself have been deep diving into the literature of COVID spike proteins, which is the legacy of the COVID virus and the vaccines, and it's linked to all kinds of long haul issues. And people want to know, how the heck do I get this out of my body and protect myself moving forward? Well, the all-natural solution that I have been using is Spike Support. The Spike Support formula is a unique combination of targeted ingredients researched to block and dissolve COVID spike protein in the bloodstream. So whether you got the shot, you're watching the research pour in about the vaccine shedding, or you had a rough go with COVID, spike protein is a serious concern. And while we won't know the true extent of the damage for years, there is something you can do now to protect yourself and keep you and your family well. Hundreds of people, vaccinated or not, have reported better mental clarity, increased energy levels, and many more positive outcomes from the spike support formula. Take spike support daily to combat spike proteins and get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Go to twc.health forward slash unfiltered and use code unfiltered to save 10% at checkout. That's twc.health forward slash unfiltered code unfiltered for 10% off. Hello everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind. And I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 170 of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. And I gotta say, you are all in for a treat today. This week, I sat down with life and business coach Andrea Parker alongside her business partner, wife, and chief fun officer, Mel Mills, for an epically fun convo all about, did you guess it? How the heck you put the fun back into your life? We are talking about fun today. So little backstory, I met these two over the wonderful World Wide Web about a year or so ago, but finally in person at the MYM conferences past September, where Andrea spoke on stage about how to stop overthinking and lead from the heart to bring fun back into your business and your life. What a concept. I personally hung on to every word she said, because it's true. The world is so serious. Everyone's so focused on goals and metrics and likes and approval, not fluffing any feathers. And over time, more and more people are moving away from this thing called play to play. The world is our playground and we're not playing anymore. So I don't know. I ask all sorts of questions like, are we not supposed to enjoy life? (laughs) Why is having fun so difficult sometimes? And why do we as adults have to always stick a muzzle on our inner child when it comes to getting out and having some fun? Don't you think that the idea of getting out of your head and into your heart so that you can have more freedom and impact and fun in life sounds amazing? I 
certainly do. And these two ladies have it dialed down. In this episode, they explain and unravel their philosophy and strategy and share really funny personal stories as well as client wins. We also had a very good time and laughed a lot, and I think you will too. And before we get into this episode, however, I just want to say one thing because Andrea and Mel have worked with some amazing people from all over the world with huge success. And if this episode resonates, I highly suggest that you check out their Accelerate Your Growth two-day workshop. It's coming up November 24th and 25th, 2023 here, and there are a few spots left. I want to mention this because it's an excellent opportunity with excellent humans who are excellent coaches. I don't do this very often, right? So highly, highly recommend you check it out. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Cool. All right. Enough about business. Let's get into the fun. Here is Andrea Parker and Mel Mills. All right, you guys, I am so excited to chat with you. Today on the show is Andrea Parker and Mel Mills. The first time ever having two people on the show, by the way. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I think we're going to have so much fun. I mean, honestly, I haven't even let you guys talk yet, but the first time I saw you, well, the first time I really had conversations with you, like deeper conversations in person, you guys were dressed up as (laughs) ketchup and mustard. Like it can't get any better than that. How are you? (laughs) We're so good. And it's, it's funny in itself, but it's like, it's kind of even funnier that it was like a a September that we were in the ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't Halloween. No, No. it was just, you gotta bring, you gotta bring fun with whatever you're doing. Right. Even if it's having deep conversations, have it Mm -hmm. in a fun costume. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I was immediately raw. You guys are both such uh, warm and welcoming energies and souls. And you're, you both have such a cool sort of like, I don't know if it's like a yin yang vibe or like a, is that what you would call it? Yeah. You guys yeah. have like, sort of like this, like balanced out vibe together as, as business partners, as, as married life partners, and just sort of like fun partners right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about how you both per- personally bring in the fun. You, want me to, you, you, you go, you go right ahead. Well, Mel is actually our chief fun officer. So she, oh. she definitely has <laughs> that energy. It's funny because we, we definitely would say we're the yin and the yang. Yeah. So I would be okay. more the yin. Mel is more the yang. I'm a Pisces. She's a Leo. So yeah. it's like, we definitely have like opposites for sure. But then I would say for me, it's like my, my, I don't know what the word would be, but it's like the thing I love the most is to play. So I, I bring the playful and then Mel, you bring actually the groundedness. So Mm. say, and we haven't found words to describe it other than it's spirituality meets fun. So I like the, the deeper, the the heart centered, the consciousness, the dreaming, the all the big level stuff, and then Mel also brings it to this grounded, very blunt, very to a like you want to know what she's thinking, she's going to tell you. Yeah. So that coupled with we do, we genuinely like to have fun together. So I I think it's like this this like a marrying of the yeah. two. Um. I know when we do like our facilitations or we're working with like a team or a group, um, 
Andy's really good at bringing people through, asking the right question at the right time. Mm. I think the yin and yang part of what I do is I can crack a joke and just make people feel fucking safe right off the bat. Mm. And when they're safe, that's when they can actually go deeper and do the transformational work to move like either their business forward, their relationships for their finances. So I, yeah, we work pretty well together. Yeah. It's, it's weird to put into words, but it's more of like, I think it really is an essence. We've always said like, we're really good at things individually, but when we do something together, it's like, that's where the magic happens. And I think it is partly the energy of it, but I really think that's where one, we have the most fun. And then if we're having fun, I think that just exudes the energy for other people to have fun. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to fun, I love this. I love, I saw you speak at MYM, um, Andrea, do you go by Andy? You guys call each other either. Either one. Okay. And, uh, I was like hanging on to every word that you had to say, because it's something that's so bizarre when you get old or when you grow up and you have to like take on all these responsibilities and like all of your, you know, games that used to play as kids become like immature or I don't know, we have all these labels that we put on ourselves. And then this like invisible rule book comes in where you have to behave in a certain way. Why, how, maybe I just answered the question there, but maybe elaborate, like how do adults, how have we lost our, our innate ability to have fun as adults? It's, this is, it, it's so true. It's like, that is the essence of, I think what I was sharing on, on the stage, but it's something that mm-hmm. really has been my journey for the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years is figuring that out because I find, especially for those individuals, like who are like genuinely want to play and have fun. And it's this heart centered energy and it's like, you're happy. And then what happens that then you, you get to this point where you just take yourself so serious. Yeah. You're in a business yeah. and it's like, I'm not even having fun anymore. What's the point? And I find that transition happens really on at an early age. And usually it's it's that shift from that hard energy of it's like I get to be me, it gets to be fun, to you start really shifting into the head, which becomes the shoulds. I have to perform or I have to achieve I have to do what other people say to fit in this box to then be successful and I think especially when it's a driven individual like for you someone who was into high level competitive sports I see this often with leaders somebody who who really now is playing as a as a leader but also somebody who's used to playing at a high level I find those people are really fun, playful humans, which is why you get into the game, which is why it's Mm. fun to start with. But then it gets like sucked out of you because then you have to perform. You have to do things in a way that oftentimes were so challenging. You put so much pressure on yourself. You you took on responsibility. You did all these things that you, you felt like you had to do in order to be successful. And then later on in life, I find it makes sense until it no longer makes sense. So that actually drives us, that drive to have to be the best we can be, to bring out our our best. But then 
at a certain point, it no longer makes sense for us anymore because now it's actually sucking the life out of our business. It's sucking the life out of the things that we enjoy doing. And it's actually letting go of all the things that got us there. It's like, if you think of a rocket ship, do you have a rocket ship? And it's, you need that fuel. So often that discipline, that, that drive, all those things, it's like, we needed that to accelerate out of that. But then if you don't let go of that fuel cell, that old way of doing it, which is the pushing, the forcing, the overthinking, the, all those things, then what happens is then you're like, okay, well now I'm not enjoying this at all. So it's releasing that old way. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Holy shit. You nailed me to a T. Like I <laughs> used to love skiing. When I first made team Canada, I was like, let's go. It was fun every time. And then I was like, I was so dead, burnt out. I hate, I, I, it became the job. And I don't know when that happened. I mean, I don't know when that happened. I think the pressure and just the inability to cope and not having the right support systems and not having like my needs being met outside of sport. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I, and I would, I don't know, uh, avoid my life and put sport in the, that hole in a lot of ways that I, when I retired, I didn't ski recreationally for 10 years. That's how long it took me to like find the fun again. And then I went out on a pow day, like Tromblon here and near Quebec. And I like had the best day ever. And I was like, okay, I like this again. <laughs> that was like, that was like me. Like when I played hockey, cause I played NCAA and then it was a, like, I was having so much fun mm -hmm. and I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. So much fun. And then after college, it became a job yeah. to play. So when the women's league was just starting up and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I quit. And it was only since we moved to the lake that I've started playing again and I'm having so much fun again. So what was it that allowed you to play? Like what part of you had to, I don't know, die, let go. What is it? What happens when you sort of wake up to that? Like, oh, I, I am the adult in my life. I do get to make the rules now. Uh, I don't know. It was just like when it wasn't fun, I could tell like it was almost like your soul dies a bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but like like skiing's like a game to you. It's something yeah. fun. Hockey is a game to me. Andy played sports. They're games. Mm -hmm. Like they're supposed to be fun. They're designed to be fun. Mm. And I needed to find like the game again, like what in the game makes it fun for me. And I was just lucky enough that I found like a super wicked beer league that does that for me. Okay. <laughs> you, what you also did, and it kind of ties in what you're saying as well, because I think part of the game is the game itself is fun. The playing is fun, but also bringing the best out of yeah. yourself is part of the fun. It's right. like bringing the potential out. Yeah. And I think what happens, I guess in, in, we'll just speak to your case anyways, because you did play professionally. And I think what ends up happening, and I see this often, especially with a high level, it could be athletes, um, CEOs. anything really CEOs, but sometimes at, at a certain point, the worth then goes into, this is my everything. Mm -hmm. And then yes. it's almost like this tipping point yeah. happens where 
are you doing it out of inspiration? Are you doing it because you you genuinely want to do it or are you clinging to it out of desperation and something else is looking to come through? So for you, I think that is what happened to me. It was like, I didn't know who I was if I wasn't playing hockey. So I think I, I, and I did go on a deep journey for the next 10 years. on like, what makes me happy outside of hockey? Because I could get injured and that could get taken away anytime. I still need to know who I am and what makes me happy. So yeah, you're right. And then the game shifted. The game then became, yeah. okay, what's the life I want to create? Yeah. How can we make this life fun? And and what was really coming through for you is you wanted a business. You wanted a, a relationship. Yeah. You wanted, you were just transitioning. Yeah. And I think for, for so this is the same for entrepreneurs as well. This is why I love this, this idea is it because how do you shift it back to the fun piece? And, and for us, it was as simple as like drawing a line in the sand and saying like, like we ever, you guys have your non-negotiable gear on. It was like our non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. If we're putting all this effort into, for us, it was creating a life that we loved. It was, yeah. we moved to the lake. We created this epic lifestyle. We had a business that we on paper said we loved. We had all these things, but it's then it's not that fun. Just like sports. It's like, okay, I'm doing all these things, but it's not that fun. So our non-negotiable or our line in the sand was starting to ask like, well, it actually gets to be fun. What would make this fun? Yeah. Mm. So it's starting to ask better questions. And I found that's one of the tipping back to the play yeah. is making that the focus. What would make this more fun? This actually gets to be fun. Mm-hmm. This isn't meant to be hard. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just as a society taught it, it's you gotta struggle, it's gotta be hard, you gotta push, yeah. you gotta all these things. And it's like, but what if it actually got to be fun? What if it got to be something that you loved to do and the energy behind it shifts? What a question though, honestly. And it's not one that comes naturally to us in our society because we're so conditioned like hustle culture and even like mom culture right now, like the, the, the like perfection being a perfectionist and everything has to be perfect all the time and be the best mom and don't do that and be the best CEO and have the coolest business and have the coolest Instagram and all this stupid shit that really doesn't mean anything. And we even hear that people say millionaires, billionaires say money isn't any, and money means nothing to me. And, and then the people that don't have money say, well, you just say that because you have money, but really they're not, they're saying that because there's an emptiness inside because they've given all their energy to the thing that's not fueling their soul. Mm -hmm. Right. So do what, why is it that people, okay, wait, let me ask you a different question. Do you think that people even know how to have fun anymore. When you ask that question, when you asked that question on stage to me, I was like, Ooh, this is juicy. And I could come up with things that, that in my life I do have fun doing. And I was like, I need to do more of that. That was kind of my, my takeaway. And like, why don't I do more of that is more or less the question. Right. But do you find that people don't even know the answer to that question? How can this be more fun? Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and including, why? Including why? Us. So, so we totally <laughs> yeah. don't say things that we don't walk our talk. Yeah. And that, I okay. think for me, was, 
I came from a policing background, so I was mm. very focused on career, doing all the things that I should do. I, I advanced faster than pretty much anybody that I got hired with. And what I would find is it, I even transitioned from that into a detective role. So I'd have more time so I could start to have more fun and do these things. And what I found is five o'clock, I hated it. It was an absolute nightmare for me because it's like, now I have to do something for myself. It's like, mm. what do I even do? And it was it was like torture. And I was like, I'd rather just work because it seems easier than trying to find something than doing something that I actually enjoy. Now it's like, okay, I feel like I could work three hours a day and enjoy the rest of the time. Like it's been a transition to it. But where I think we, we go with that question at first is I don't even know what's fun. Can I, can I even like allow myself to have fun if I do choose to have fun or we try to figure out things that we think would be fun for us we had a friend she's same thing she's like I I don't even know what would be fun so so part of it is it's it's not even just going to do things to have fun I think it's it's more than that I think that's important because it gets you in a whole different energy of being like okay this is actually yeah that's like might be like step one sort of yeah. just to kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think really what it is, it's a whole perspective shift on how can you bring the fun into what you're doing without anything on the outside changing. Mm. And I think that's where the magic happens because when you're allowing yourself to play, which is the perspective of a new way, you're no longer in fear. And it's the fear that actually keeps us in the shoulds and the old ways and the pushing and forcing and all the things that suck the joy out of things. Yes. Like, yes. so, so it could be as simple as, well, what would make this more fun? Maybe what would make it more fun is going for a walk. It could be that simple. Maybe what would make this more fun is having a coffee. Yeah. And when you're having your coffee, yeah. maybe what we've been doing is we're like, okay, what would make this more fun? Let's turn on the fireplace mm. and like, let's sit and savor this coffee mm-hmm. or what would make this even more fun? Maybe it would be I find asking this question in the morning is, is really helpful because then you're not getting to this loop of the same things you do all the time. Well, what would make this more fun? Maybe putting on, I don't even, some music. Like it, yeah. it doesn't have to be this complex no. thing. Which I think is hard for people because they do think it has to be like a game and we have to set up and buy all the equipment. And then we have to virtue signal it on Instagram and like show everyone how much fun we're having all the time. And then it's like, oh, well, they had more fun than me. So I must not. And it turns into this disaster. Yeah. Like, how fun is it just to like sing to your partner and instead of talking? Like, have you ever done that? I do. Me, Mike, yeah, all the time. We're our dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having like a singing conversation is like so funny it's the best yeah yeah but I mean um, I, I I don't think I would have done that in my older life like in the in the doing life I would have been like you're so immature you're stupid I would have judged it as opposed yeah. to like embraced the the funness or the vibration of it right yeah <laughs> yeah the, the thing that I have found the magic in when you're playing and you're actually allowing yourself to play or to have fun or to do something different, even if it's a 10 minute walk, Mm -hmm. something in the energy that shifts. And then that's when the right people come along, the right opportunities Mm -hmm. happen. 
um, when you, you just genuinely enjoy your life more. It's like things will happen for you that yeah. otherwise wouldn't happen. And I think like the ketchup and mustard is just such a silly <laughs> example. Like, yes, we're, we're like, what would be fun? So the whole talk that we give at the MYM conference is is around having fun. So we're we're like, what would make this this conference even more fun for us? So we're like, let's pack our ketchup and mustard costumes because we're like, that's practical in our suitcase. So we're like, <laughs> let's pack those, and we're like, if there's an opportunity, we'll bring them out. Yeah. And we're like, fuck it, let's just bring out our ketchup and mustard. And because for no reason other than this would just be fun for us. Like that we We just want to make people laugh too. And then because we were in that energy, like we weren't in that energy for any particular reason other than this would just be fun. And then (laughs) all these people are coming up to Danielle Report after her talk, being like, Can I get a picture with you? Can I get a picture with you? And we're just having fun in our ketchup and mustard. And she comes up to us and she's like, Can I get a picture with you? we're like we're like this is so funny like we're like for sure but it's like that's what's so funny have to be so serious you can take what you do very seriously and we do like we we really do care about the work that we do and and having an impact but at the same time we also believe that you don't have to take yourself so serious yeah in the process yeah so how do you start that because like as an entrepreneur for myself like i in my business, I'll just speak to myself. I'm, I know a lot of listeners here are super busy moms. They're entrepreneurs and they're in relationships that are like, you know, they're, they're not super confident, I should say. And, um, because, like running my business, being an entrepreneur, there are many levels of it fun. I think it's fun. There's, I like the creativeness to it. I like, making my own schedule. I like showing up on a podcast in a hoodie and like, a, yeah. a like I'm, I like just to, you know, embrace stuff. And then there's shitty things. <laughs> like there's yeah. the hard stuff. And as you said, the, who are you when the laptop closes stuff and how do you, what kind of momentum, like what, how would you I don't know if the right word is like, I feel sort of guarded sometimes. I feel sort of, um, I do get serious. How do we, how, how do people sort of let that go and maybe soften into um, even just a space where they can envision themselves having fun? Because sometimes that's not even, it's the doing is so important. The masculine energy right now is so important instead of like embracing the soul and the, and the femininity, which I think fun lies in both more feminine because it's creative, <laughs> you know, like how do you soften into that? Why don't you both answer that? So this is so good. And this is basically the essence of the old way was you had to harden, like you guarded Often we become serious. It's yes. think our way through things. It's the pushing, the forcing. So part of it is having the awareness. Okay, that is the old way. And one of the, I think, things that if, if we can really wrap our head around that now it becomes crazy backwards land. All the things that we did to feel safe actually no longer work. It's the things that we we think make no sense to our head are the things that are actually going to change the way we live. So how do we soften? How do we connect more from our heart? How do we do things that actually feel good for us? 
So that is opening. It's trusting more. It's becoming more vulnerable. What does that look like? Because we're seeing like, I I feel like the challenge right now is, is social media. (laughs) It's a huge like mind fuck because you see the perfectness of every, like everyone's best highlight reel. And you're comparing all the time to everyone else's highlights and thinking that your life's like, there's always this like looming cloud over you that, that is, is a bias almost. It like pulls your attention away from what you want to do. Absolutely. And I think we're just lucky. So for me, it's been, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that my, my superpower has, has been like the detective piece, figuring out what's actually going on. And I've, I've worked with a lot of high level influential leaders. Like I've worked with uh, Hollywood producers from not that I, I love them, but Barack and Michelle Obama's executive assistants, those who've done like their book tours. We've worked with some really great humans. And what I can say from the behind the scenes of them, it's like, we're mm-hmm. looking at these people being like, they've got their shit together. They absolutely don't got their shit together. They <laughs> sure Who does? Don't. Do not. No. So, and, and I can, re- on that story there, we were invited to California. Andy was speaking and to be a part of a group. And I was so fucking nervous to go. I was like, it was like two hours before we go into like the welcome drink dinner part. And they send out a bio of everybody's bios on what they did. Okay. And these guys are like Hollywood producers, master chefs, authors, working with high level people, athletes, like doctors, all these people, right? My fucking bio was like, I own a paint company. So right then and there, I put myself in a pit, right? Mm, Being like, who am I to go into this fucking room of people? Yeah. had a couple drinks to calm the nerves. So we go in and we had a good night. I got to know people as just people. And we go through the weekend and I had a light bulb moment being like, holy fuck, these people, great people, but they've done so much work just in career. That's right. it. I yeah. go, they, they, I might not have the career success that they do. I mean, I enjoyed what I did, but I was putting myself in a pit just for that. And I think so many entrepreneurs and so many people, because their career isn't technically, they're not making millions yet or doing this and that, they put themselves so low. But I had this light bulb. Or I should be further ahead. And I was like, oh my God, I've done so much work on myself in all the other areas that I'm way up here in those areas where they are way low on those areas. And you want to know something though? I bet you, I bet you that those people, you left the best impression on those people. You were the one that they thought of. You, they probably remember you. They don't remember all the other people that are just talking about yeah. their business. They probably remembered you because you probably asked questions and did things that are so different from their yeah. normal cycle of looping and they're probably kind of boring and you were fun. Yeah, <laughs> time to throw that out there. You say the things that most people are thinking but won't actually say. So it's like, yeah, that's your soup in your humor. It's yeah. like, but I think so many people put themselves so much lower. Mm-hmm. We're, we're human. We, we're so hard on ourselves. So sure. I think Absolutely. Just, it's a journey and you, and you just keep working on yourself and 
I think as you get older, you really like when you're getting closer to your 40s and stuff as we are, you're really starting to really know who you are. But we've also put so to answer and, and I think this is great to answer your original, like, what are you supposed to do? And then for yeah. us, we have done a lot like we've I'd say the last 10 years specifically like that has been our focus is going inward and really asking ourselves some quality questions. So as much as we say and experience the fun life, I think the reason we get to do that is because we're also willing to go. If you think of the yin and yang, as far as you swing one way. So as far as we're willing to go in the fun, in the joy, in the the life experience, we are also as willing to go into the depth of mm. facing ourselves, being honest with ourselves, releasing the shit that's yeah. actually holding us back having mentors, having do the unsexy work, doing the the things that I, I think we're also willing to do the things that most people on paper would be like is insane. But yeah. we're like, it's, it's the things that make sense in our heart. So there is this, this combination of if you truly want to live an amazing life and have fun, you also got to face yourself. You yeah. have to, when, when stuff does pop up, when you're like, okay, I want to have fun, but I'm not having fun become curious. Okay. What's actually happening for what are the old patterns? What are some of the beliefs that are, what's the fear in having fun? And we, I would say our focus every day for the most part is how can we, we have as much fun as we can, but simultaneously in pursuit of that game, when stuff pops up, we're willing to, we don't push it down. Over. Right. We can go with it. And I think this is where the game's fun for us. And this is where we we, we love our clients that are, are focused on the game. What's the end result that you're playing? And then release the stuff. Whereas a lot of people are either just focused on like the superficial fun or they're just focused on the the inner work with, with absolutely no focus of what the joy is in it. What's the purpose of you doing all this? Mm -hmm. And that's not fun either. Who wants to meditate for 12 hours a day? Not me. Not me. It's like, that sounds horrible. Not me. Like, I want to do this so I can live an amazing life, not to, I don't know, <laughs> sit in silence for. Might time. be fun for someone, <laughs> it, no. right? I mean, if you love it, let me know. If you're one yeah. of those people that finds 12 hours of meditation fun, I need to interview you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it all ties back to like, what are your values? Yeah. My values are so much different yeah. than her values. Mm. And to know your values change over time and that's okay. So how did you meet? I want to know this because, and, and have you grown up together a little bit or yeah. maybe, maybe become more childish together? What's the, <laughs> I think Andy had to become more childish and I had to grow up. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, well, it was like what, almost 14 years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would tell people that we met through a mutual friend called the internet because <laughs> um, it was back when online dating wasn't like super popular yet. And oh, yeah. I remember that I was on plenty of fish and like uh, some other one that's not around anymore. I can't yeah. remember the name. Like, I think what? ours was like lesbian Canadian lesbians <laughs> are us or something. But I was the only one that she talked to and she was the only one I talked to. And um, she took me shooting guns on our first date. And I was like, boom, going to marry you. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good first date. Were you yeah, like, here's my detective badge, or maybe you weren't oh, a detective? So you guys badge. A personal I was a personal trainer. So guns, I had no exposure to. It wasn't police officer. Oh. I had no 
but I was like, I, so for me, it's like the experience. That's one of my highest values. Let's have a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I was personal training. And at the time, one of my clients, she owned a gun range. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool? Because she had, I think it was like good Friday and it was closed. And she invited, she goes, if you want to do skeet shooting, we'll take you. You can have the whole range to yourself. We can bring you on this private thing. Like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And then as we're driving there, I'm like, it's in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, she's going to think I'm going to kill her because it was the first time we met. I literally said, are you going to murder me? I just need the heads up. And we got there. (laughs) Mentally prepared. I was like, I'm cool. (laughs) Even I'm like, this doesn't look good. But we got there and it was so much fun. Yeah. And then I realized, like, I'm really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well become a cop. Yeah. (laughs) It's the next logical Yeah, right. But yeah, that's how we met. And then I would say we have had to grow a lot together Mm -hmm. for so many different ways. But I would say like, because after that, I'd say we met. And then that year I went into policing and that made us have to grow as a couple for sure. Like policing uh, was not something that my heart was like, yay, I can't wait to do this. It was more like, fuck. I I feel like I I had to do it. and that made us really focus as a team like really band together as a team because most of my career was how do we get me out of policing that was pretty much our our life's mission at the point so how do you get out of policing how do I escape this place (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah and it like there was a lot of like the first three years of her policing it was hard like really hard um but I think we had started our personal journey. So like that, helped. we had to learn how to communicate better. And that's okay. So that's a really interesting point. So you say you started your, how did you start the journey? I'm always curious to know what sort of was the tipping point of someone taking an action because you can read all the self-help books you want. You can read all the books. I make this analogy a lot. You can l- read all the books on how to swim. You can think you're the best swimmer, but what if someone pushes you in the deep end? What's going to happen? What are you going to do in that shitty moment? So I like to know, what were you guys doing? Do you remember? Yeah, for a cu- before we even started, because it's true. Like we've read all the books, we've taken yeah. all the courses, we've done all the things. And it's like, we we knew our, our bigger vision was to, we wanted a playful lifestyle. Like we wanted an awesome lifestyle. We wanted to live on a lake. That was yeah. something we both actually wanted even before we met each other. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then combined, we're like, let's make that happen. <clears throat> we also wanted a business together. Mm-hmm. So we had the bigger vision. We just had absolutely no idea how to go from here to there. Yeah. So we're like, let's try everything. And we tried everything. Like think of a business and we probably tried doing it. Like we're yeah. like, let's do a dog kennel. Let's, <laughs> let's do, um, a property management company. Let's yeah. do network real estate. Let's do real estate. Let's do stocks. Let's do all the things. And I think the biggest tipping point for us was we had this genius idea of going into real estate. We were, we were duplexing things and we were going to get seven units and it was going to supplement my income. And we we got a team together we when we do something like we for me especially I'll do all the research make sure we do it the right way so we put this epic team together we we got our first property we duplexed it and the day after we finished the renovation on it Mel called me where were you you were I was in the frozen fruit section at the grocery store crying and I was it was 
it was, I think it was winter. I was in my police cruiser Ugh. and I just remember you telling me that our rental flooded. So it was like the day after we finished this. No. It was like we poured all our money in. So it was just gone. It was, it was that. And it was also our hopes. It was yeah. like our hope yeah. had just been just killed. Absolutely. So, no. okay. So, what happened then is not only did that suck, we ended up getting in a lawsuit with the people before our, a renter upstairs. It turned out to be this it, nightmare. It became this absolute nightmare where, as, as much as we were excited about it, it was as much as we're like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. And that was the That's, moment. That was a tipping point of where we were like, okay, we can no longer do this ourselves we need outside help and for us it was really committing to to not just doing the action steps but to actually transforming on the inside it's like mm. we said we wanted these things but it's like are we willing to actually do what it takes to do it and up until that point we totally weren't so but we, did you say did you think you were yes yeah like so you thought you yeah. were but then you weren't <laughs> and then not even close no okay and and that's when we really started to get into a lot of the personal development work that we were doing. And for me, it's like, if I go into something, I, I go full in. So that's for the past 10 years, almost I've invested in probably almost half a million dollars in, in getting certified, trained and all these things, but more so the subconscious. So that was actually what sparked it was, was realizing that you won't create what you want. You create what you believe. And we didn't realize, like, there's no way of knowing that. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm writing that yeah. down. So that Say that again. You won't create what you want. You okay. create what you believe. And that's when we realize we need to change our beliefs. Yes. And it's, and it's yeah. so like, okay, well, yeah, we want this lifestyle, but it's like, what are our beliefs? And we, there's, there's no way of knowing because when I was two years old, this happened that now it's connected to me actually allowing the money to come easy yeah. or allowing the, um, not having to do policing anymore. Like there's so many things. So I'm, I'm super grateful that we went through the rental experience because yeah. what it did is it taught us so much. It, it really opened up a new world for us Yeah. for what are the key principles? What are the laws of the universe? What is like, how do you actually use this to live the life that you, you say you want to live? Yeah. And I think that also makes life fun. I think that's back to the yin and yang. I love that you said at the beginning, because that's the yeah. essence of how we live our life. Like we truly believe if you challenge yourself to do the things that are actually good for your heart, like the things that you say you want to do, the things you truly want, then you're going to be supported. Yeah. Or if you stay in your comfort zone, if you continue to do the things that are easy or that are familiar. Yeah. That, you know, that, you know, then you're going to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And for us, this is where it's crazy backwards land. So if you continue to do the things like pushing, forcing, taking yourself so seriously, guess what? You're going to be challenged. How are you going to be challenged? Well, maybe that's when the health thing comes in. Maybe that's yeah. when you get your little baseball bat from the universe, like we did with our rental, for you to wake up and see oh, there's actually a different way. So now the new way, the new challenge for us is actually letting it be easy and fun. Yeah. For for allowing it to be 
for us to be softer, for us to be more vulnerable, for us to go slower than we feel comfortable going. Because if we do that, things will happen for us that otherwise wouldn't have happened. So that I think has been the biggest thing for us. And that's basically what we do with our, with our clients is help them go on this journey of admitting, like, what is it that you actually want? Mm. Not the things that you think you want. Like we have a lot of people are like, I know what I want. And they're very successful. So they they do know, but is it what their heart actually wants? Like, Usually no. Yeah. And, and that's why it's like, yeah, I want seven figures. I want this, this, this. And why this. is it so hard to admit that you I don't, don't know. know? It's so funny, that question. And yeah. I think Sorry. people are like so in their heads. And what yeah. we do is we help them drop into their heart where things become expansive. And that's where the magic is, is when like, like for us, if we had like a multi-million dollar company, that would be great. But we know the exact amount of money that actually makes us happy. Yes. So like, why kill yourself for the multi-million just to say that? I could care less about that. I know what makes my heart happy. And yes. I think that's, that's a gift that we help yeah. our clients and people that come to our workshops really zone in on. And then they are in gratitude and wisdom and they're they go slower they enjoy the fucking small things that everyone takes for granted and then they are the people Mm. on instagram that look happy and are actually happy and then the Mm -hmm. best part of that is because now you're not focused on the multiple millions guess what that's the person that's going to have the impact on the heart that then is going to make more money than they ever thought was possible Mm -hmm. Mm, okay. So what do you say to people who are like at the beginning stages of this? They're like, yes, I need to have more fun. What do I need to do? Because some things can happen in that process that can derail the vision. Like you start to become, I don't know, a more playful person and people call, they'll immediately, there'll be resistance somewhere, right? What kind of resistance do you see from your clients or from the people that you know, or from even yourself? And how do you pursue that or let that go? Because honestly, if I can, I could just see my mom, she's going to listen to this. She listens to all my shows. I I was just going to say something about this. It's like a lot of the time people are living in other people's values. Okay. Yes. you said your mom, well, I'm pretty like, she probably puts a value on something. And you're in some way, probably trying to fulfill that value for her. Mm-hmm. What's not making you happy is that. Right. Well, yeah. she very much taught me the people pleaser, the people pleasing mm-hmm. personality, the persona, mm-hmm. the like, <clears throat> I'm not okay. Unless you're okay. Like one second, I'm just going to have a cough attack here. <laughs> okay. We're good. We'll edit that uh, out. <laughs> no, no, we're going to leave that in. <laughs> this is uh, this is authentic 101. Yeah. So, so as the people, like I oftentimes we have this conversation, like, what do you want? And she'll, you know, um, she'll, she'll, she would be the person that would do something. And if someone in her circle didn't like it, she would stop doing it because she needs to like make everyone else happy and comfortable. So she becomes this thing. And yes, she's the most creative person on earth and has a ton of fun. And she's really moving through that. But like, how do you, how does one get through that initial resistance? It's so that's going to be a challenging one. 
the people pleasing, the, the overachieving, the the perfectionist one. And I think Dr. John Demartini said it. He's a human behavioral specialist. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, because I definitely fit into that that mm-hmm. category as well. And he says, if you're a people pleaser, you're a self hater. I was like, fuck. So if you're a people pleaser, you're a self hater. Mm. And the reason behind that or the the meaning behind that is what we try to do is if you think back to we can use the yin and the yang for example it's like if you're just trying to be liked so you're putting other people ahead of you you're doing what you should be doing you're you're having the no confrontation what that's going to do is then the other side is going to be then so the the people who are so you could be really passive over here and then over here you become aggressive so this is where then you do the absolute opposite. Then you put yourself above other people. You're not taking into consideration their needs, all those things. And what happens is it's like a, a pendulum. As far as you become the people pleaser, you're actually going to swing back the opposite way. It's like a spring. It's like you're not doing enough for yourself. You're not doing enough. And then eventually you're going to you rebel the shit out of it. Like, or it could be like, it, it could be that you become aggressive and like, you're like, I'm done. But it could also become aggressive in you no longer communicate anymore to that person. Mm. You completely shut down. You then start to have symptoms in your body because now your body is showing you where there's this this disconnection. And what's actually loving is is staying in the center. Because the reason we did that back then, you also... Um, if you become too much of the people pleaser, what you do is you actually resent other people. It's like, well, that's not loving. You're not actually loving them. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. just doing that because it feels safer for you because it, what if I'm rejected? What if I'm judged? What if all these these patterns that we had growing up? So the more you can stay in the center and center is is both. And I think this is one of Mel's superpowers is coming from that centered place where you can both support and challenge people. Mm. So wanting the best for them, like truly wanting the best for them, but also putting yourself in the equation. Mm. This takes practice. So for those who are like, well, that's terrifying. Well, asking yourself, what are some of the drawbacks if you don't put yourself in the equation? What are the drawbacks for your health? What are the drawbacks for the other people? What's the example you're giving to the other people in your life? How are Mm. you becoming a love and life and what's possible if you're not even prioritizing your joy. Mm. And I think that for me was, was one of my biggest um, shifts was realizing that my joy also matters just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to do something. Mm-hmm. The people places was a little bit, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've had conversations with pe- people pleasers that say it pleases me it brings me joy to self-abandon. It brings me joy to make you feel good. So what, in a way it's, it's serving them somehow. So if, unless it wasn't serving them, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Right. So it actually could bring them joy in the sense, maybe not true heart centered joy, but maybe it makes them feel safer. So because right. they feel safer, it also makes them feel important. It makes them feel important. It makes them invalidate it. Yes. Usually there is, well, what are you getting from it? And and once you can figure out what you're getting from it, that's really helpful because then you can figure out how can you get that in a different way. Yeah. 
Right. So what's the difference between feeling safe and seen and self abandoning and having fun? So, so this is where we've been working on this. I would say, so the talk I gave in MYM, yeah. I worked on that for six months in the sense that the work we do in our courses and with our clients, it's actually very complex, deep work. Yes, this like, is deep. How it And this is just scratching the surface. So how then do you take the all of this and get to the essence of fun because fun is so simple but it's mm-hmm. it's actually one of i think the most mastery level things that you can do as a human because now you're you're observing all this other stuff you're you're transcending the beliefs that are coming up you're still choosing your joy you're making yourself important you're also having this new perspective of even though there's challenges going on i can still have this fun playful life like that is absolutely mastery level stuff. It is not, I would say. And that would be the same for people who like have fun making fun of people have fun or think that they have fun suppressing other people and maybe hurting them. Or I would, I would imagine, I don't know what like a, a serial ax murderer would think, but it would probably be fun for them to do that. Or something, that's where, right? That's where we're getting dark. That's where yeah, I know it's getting dark, but it's almost the same thing, of, right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. Like it's like there, there's there's some deep-rooted fear and trauma and and survival skills yeah. that we learn that we think are fun to do. Yeah. Right? right. But that's not really mm-hmm. the fun. That's not what you're that's talking about. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's not the the heart-centered fun. So no one thing, is this good for my heart? Is it good for my heart that I do this? Mm-hmm. And the answer is usually no. Like, is it good for my heart that I, I continue to say yes to the things, even though I don't want to do that? No. So starting with that, but then how then do you actually do the thing? Like what I shared on the talk, like Sarah's such a great example and she would be okay mm. with me. Sharing. She's given me full permission to share this story. It's such <laughs> awesome. Teachable moment, but when Sarah came to us, she knew exactly what she wanted from a, a head-centered place. And then she did the work to figure out, okay, well, that's what I think I want. What do I actually want? And one of the things that she wanted was to have more fun in her business, to to play, to bring the joy back to it. Mm-hmm. So then when we had her up to our house with the whole intention to play and just have a fun time, it was a Wednesday, she goes out, we're on the lake. And... <laughs> I don't know how, but she like falls through the lake. Nobody in the history of this lake has ever fallen in the no. lake. And we're like, 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 what do you mean? Like through the ice? Was it like ice? Fell through the ice? Yeah, she fell through the ice. There's like a foot and a half worth of ice. It is There's like probably th- more. Three of us walked right in that same spot a minute before she fell through. And we were no. just fine. And yeah. I'm standing beside her and I'm like, well, fuck. So I pull her out, we get her up. And she, and this is the work that we've been doing in our one-on-one stuff was, was her feeling safe to have fun. And she looked at me and she was basically like, this is why I don't allow myself to have fun. Like when I should be working on a Wednesday, it's not safe for me to be having fun. So that's why I say like, you won't create what you want. You create what you believe. Yeah. Can you go a little deeper into that? Because that's a really interesting thing because her survival her narrative, the, you said it earlier, the loyalty to old beliefs, that was the, that was the resistance there. So, so then what, when you feel that, when, if you can observe yourself having fun, something shitty happens, someone says something really mean to you, someone judges you, someone shames you, you fall through the ice. 
now what, like what, where, where can we go with that? So there's a couple things that you can do. Basically what happened in that is she did have a subconscious belief where it's not safe for her to do that. So mm-hmm. if you think of the conscious mind, subconscious, conscious is going to be relative to the football. Subconscious is going to be the, the football field. Right. So it's like, what's going to have the bigger impact. It's, it's absolutely going to be the, the subconscious mind. So in that sense, the reason why those resistance come up, the reason why she had those blocks is because she had associated at some point that it's not safe for her to have fun. That was the the subconscious belief was this is not safe. Mm-hmm. So how then do you switch it? You need to, for, for her and for most people, I would say the key is going back to the moment when you re, when you created this misperception, when you created this belief. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, see bring the yin and yang together that's the easiest way to think of it if if you saw when when you're five years old that um it's not safe for you to be having fun because your mom wasn't having fun so now i or associate it when you got when you were having fun you got yelled at or you got hurt or you got hurt you have to see then how what was the truth back then Mm-hmm. bringing the other side what was the benefit of you actually having this belief you, you need to dissolve it from a cellular level so that's that's the work that we do so I helped her do that but it's important to also have I find for the subconscious having a guide to help you with it because it's really hard to call yourself on your own subconscious <laughs> yeah. stuff. oh my god because consciously you're going to justify that shit so yeah. fast and then yeah. and then you're on to the next thing then you'll be distracted into the doing again. Exactly. The, yeah. So, so that can guide you through that. Super helpful. But if you don't have that and you want to at least to, to stack the benefits to that happening, you just, you could ask yourself something like, well, what's, what's the fear coming up right now? Or what is the worst case scenario? If I were to ask that to Sarah, she probably would have said, well, worst case scenario, I'm having fun. So maybe my business isn't growing. Okay. Well, what's the benefit to you having fun to your business? Mm-hmm. What's a benefit to your business that you're enjoying? What's a benefit to the people that you're working with that your energy is increased? And then you start to associate more benefits so that your subconscious is now like, okay, so this is safe. So I'm actually going to allow this to happen now. And your work is absolutely like, like you guys have transformed so many lives. Like even look at Sarah who had this crazy moment you know, serious resistance. And now she, I think she just showed up on Instagram the other day, dressed up as her husband, Yep, <laughs> like exactly. a live meeting like with a beard and laughing. <laughs> I guarantee you a year ago, she never would have done that. What? But like, that look is... how much, and then that, and then it's a ripple effect. Like mm-hmm. she's in her heart more serving mm-hmm. from her heart shows up dressed as the raw. And it's a ripple effect into the people she's serving. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where the magic is. That's mm. where we yeah, become like, we say the beacons of light and joy. Like if you truly want to have an impact in this world, it's what's the things that light you up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do that. Yeah. And then other people are going to be like, how, how's that person doing that? And it's in your values. Back to what you were saying. Her values are absolutely sales and marketing for sure. Yeah, totally. Go for it. Have fun with that. I absolutely, that's not my <laughs> idea of fun. 
but that is for you. And that's where I think for her, it's like, she's having the, the biggest impact because she's focusing on her joy. I think sometimes for people that have just been in the doing all the time in the, in the outward output, I don't, I do you think like, just try stuff, just see, see how it feels. Like, do you, do, do we always have to have a direction here when it comes to fun? Cause like, sometimes people are like, yeah, I think that would be so fun. And they do it. And it's like, huh. Mm, meh. or uh, other times, like in, I, I asked this question just from uh, a performance, uh, freestyle skiing, uh, athletic background, because we would coach by feel like how, one of the things that I brought to the table was revolutionizing the coaching, um, world by feeling your body, as opposed to doing the move that you think you're supposed to do in a technical sense. So <clears throat> People are disconnected with their feelings on an emotional level and on an actual physical level. Like if I asked you to punch your arm out straight, people are going to do all sorts of versions of what that looks like, right? They don't necessarily know um, if their arm is straight in the right position. So um, when it comes to feeling good, and and we, we say this in the fitness community as well, to get fit by feel, if you want to feel strong and powerful, then why are you, um, I don't know, not lifting weights, not doing like the thing that makes you feel that way. Or if you want to feel adventurous, why are you not like getting on a road bike or putting rollerblades on, or, you know, getting in a canoe, I don't know, like any kind of movement. So is the same thing for fun? Would you say like sort of or is it shooting darts in the wind until you hit the bullseye or it's, I love this idea of feeling, feel into it. What is it? But that's also the, I don't want to say the caveat, but that's also what happens when you allow yourself to go slower and enjoy more. Guess what's hap- going to happen. You're going to feel things that maybe you haven't allowed yourself to feel. Mm. You don't want to feel things that don't. So that was actually Scary. part, part of it too, is it's, it's like allowing yourself to feel again it wasn't safe probably in the past to do it this is why it's important to have people to support you maybe even just starting it could be as simple as something that I get my very successful high-level clients to do is they start with a journal and say I'm feeling this and just admitting how they feel yeah mm-hmm. it's like if you it's a breakthrough in, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> so simple but it's so helpful because yeah. so used to you're a skier and you're, you're going to do the technical. So I'm now going to suppress what it is that's actually wanting to come through. I'm going to suppress how my body feels when I'm doing this. I'm going to suppress my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions so that I can perform. It's like, well, what's, what are you actually feeling when I'm, when I'm hiking? How am I feeling? Maybe I'm feeling sad at first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Put that out. Maybe then after I allow myself to feel it, then because I've allowed myself to feel that now I'm actually feeling free when I'm Mm. doing these other things Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be I think when we say what would be fun and if if it's helpful we do have a a fun journal with some of the prompts that yeah just send me that link I'll put it in the notes yeah I want to do the fun journal yeah it's so simple (laughs) and it's something that we do and I think people overcomplicate fun too like you know like yes they think fun has to be the big thing once I'm done work, then it's going to be fun. It's like, oh, what would make this podcast more fun? 
Yeah. Well, you see that with like retirements, like people have a really hard time retiring. They're like, yeah. what am I, who am I without this job? Like, however, in the job, they're like, when I retire and they have yeah. this vision of what they well, think backwards. it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, fun. people think retirement's like drinking margaritas on a beach. I'm like, that is going to make you lazy and fat. Yes. and unhealthy and maybe have liver disease like, like that I sucks create a life that I never retire from yeah exactly that's, that's so fun the goal yeah it's kind you of know? my goal too actually my yeah. my subconscious sort of like tiny hidden goal is like I just want to keep doing like rad stuff right yeah, yeah. Be fun fun yeah. right wouldn't that be fun so yes so absolutely do the journal that that will help bring yeah. some of the yeah just so simple start with it being yeah just as easy as asking yourself when you wake up like okay first of all it gets to be fun reminding yourself it gets to be fun and then allowing it to be fun but asking consistent questions that are high quality questions like what would make this experience more fun and then pay attention is it actually fun for you when you're doing this or is it something that you you think would be fun because maybe social media says this is what you should do to have fun but how does it make you feel and and this is where i think it's important to check into how you're feeling because yeah we're so programmed to all or nothing oh it's so true it's like all in does not mean all yes. in yeah it's like working out working out could be fun but what's not fun is working out seven days a week. You're pushing yourself and now you're doing it because you have to. It's yeah, like, and then you get injured and then you're done. Totally. Yeah. So it's like having a, a honest conversation with yourself. What feels good right now for me? Does working out feel good? Is it from inspiration? Is it from desperation? Same with, with the fun piece. But I think just starting with the journal is, is the easiest way to do it. I love that. And I'm just like connecting some dots in the fun scale for me. Cause like, I've really started to pay attention to like the, my fitness. Cause you're talking about fitness. So I'm just going to say sometimes like I'm mixing it up a lot. I'm not loyal to one thing. I mean, I do have a yoga online yoga subscription. I sometimes I don't even do one class in a month or two months past. Yeah. Cause it's just not, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Then I run, then I walk, then I lift weights. Then I do like, I, I mix it up because it's more fun and it's keeping me going. And I, I think in the fun scale that I'm going to give myself permission to do that a little bit more. I think that's I cool. Love- yeah. Cool. Okay. So how can people find, get some of your energy, uh, find you work with you? What's the best place for them to go? Yes. So, so currently we are in the middle of a rebrand, which is exciting. Exciting. Yeah, it's gonna it's fun. It, it is, is fun. fun. Not all that fun, but fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that, to rebranding. That is absolutely coming down the pipe. But for now, uh, I'd say best place to find what we're up to, what we do is our website. So andreaparkercoaching.com. Yeah. It has the free journal. Yep. It has uh, a couple of the awesome things that we have coming up. And then just to be kind of brought on the journey of, of what we're up to more on a day-to-day basis, I say easiest way is, is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's mine is Andrea Parker coaching. And I think yours is I am, I am Mel. Mel, Mel. Yeah. yeah. And then end of the month, we are hosting um, a live 
uh, not a seminar, like a workshop where it's a co-creation because no one wants to fucking do this shit alone. Yeah. So, and it's not us just preaching shit. It's we're actually co-creating your dream of whatever it is that you're working on in the moment in real time for two days. So um, we have that at the end of the month. Yeah, that's called Accelerate Your Growth. So it's kind of funny. Basically, all the things that we talked about, all the questions you had, what we do in that workshop is basically guide people through that whole process. Okay, so that's a must. Anyone listening? uh, (laughs) Okay, so great next step. Yeah, Yeah. so that's that's a good step. So November 24th, 25th, uh, it is virtual. We limit the spots to 12 people just because we want it to be an intimate, hands-on experience so i would say that one yeah that one's changed it really has yeah amazing you guys are the best thank you so much for coming on the show that was awesome yeah we're so grateful for you yeah that was so fun you want to know what wasn't fun was our dogs annoying the shit out of us while we were doing this oh get out no so needy (laughs) it's okay it's it's part of the process like anytime we do something they're like what do you do yeah. you laugh? You lick your face it's so it's so true I, we have cats we have three cats and the second i press record if the door is open they're like on the keyboard and like every yeah. it's, why is that what is, they're just having know. fun too they're just yeah. having fun too yeah totally <laughs> all right you guys thank you so much and until next time yeah. yeah if there's anything we can do too to support what you're up to please let us know we're happy to I'll, I'll see. I'll be chatting with you both on the gram. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I love it. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give the show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>